Hey, this is Heather from the Word Alive Media Department. You're listening to our Sermon of the Week. This week, we have Kent Maddox talking on A Thousand Houses of Light, a vision that he believes will bring heaven closer to earth. For more information and content like this, go to wordalive.tv. We hope you enjoy this message. We're going to start with the Messiah in our house. Let me put this up on the screen. Anybody ever see this in Sunday school on the, on the clip art? Who is that? Zacchaeus. You know the story, right? Zacchaeus was a... And a... Wait a minute. Y'all go to Sunday... Who all has been to Sunday school here? All right. Give me, some, give me some volume. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore for Jesus. I forgot the rest of the words, but how did they go? Da, 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 da. Something about, come to my house. That's the end of the story, right? Huh? You come down, right? It's a cute song. It's a great story, but a powerful truth. And it's found in Luke 19. And I'll just want to go over with you real quick as we jump into this today. Basically, it says, and Jesus entered and walked through Jericho. There was a man there named Zacchaeus, the head, the head tax man and quite rich, translated mafioso. Because tax men in those days are not like the IRS here. Uh, well, maybe. But uh, they're, they're, these, these guys were, were like mafia. I mean, they, they used brute force to take and extract taxes from people and sometimes over and beyond what they were supposed to be taking. So... He's a you know, mafioso man, but he wanted desperately to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. So he was a short man. He couldn't see over the crowd, so he ran on ahead, climbed up in the sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting cozy with a crook? Don't you love it that Jesus still eats with sinners and he'll come to your house and make things right for you, right? So good. Zacchaeus stood there a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, from now on I'll give away half my income to the poor and if I'm caught cheating, I'll pay four times the damages. Jesus said, today... It's salvation day in this home. Now, the powerful point of that is Jesus didn't come and preach to him about his sin. Jesus didn't come with some condemning message of his past. He simply, his presence entered his house. And just at eating a meal with the presence of Jesus, salvation came to a whole house. Now, here's what excites me. He didn't say, Zacchaeus, today you're saved. He said, salvation today has come to this whole house. This whole house. You say, say, what does that mean? Well, Alabama, that's grandma, grandpa, uncle, aunt, grandbaby, you know, grandson, granddaughter, mama, daddy, daughter, son. The whole house got saved. And so we're talking about the Messiah in our homes, the Messiah in our house. The good news is we don't have to actually even pray against darkness. We just cut on the light. And when the light comes, darkness flees. That's really what Rosh Kadesh is all about. It's about inviting 
the presence of God, the light of God into our homes. And I know that term is foreign for us, and I wanted to take just a moment today, even though we've been discussing it for a while, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's some people here who may not heard the term before, Rosh Kadesh, which is this monthly gathering in homes we celebrate as a church. As a, it's a biblical concept. Revelation 22.2 says, Down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river, stood the tree of life. Bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. Somebody say every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Well, the Bible tells us in the spiritual realm, there is a monthly blessing that God has provided through the tree of life. That a hidden monthly blessing is available for you and I to tap into each and every month as we celebrate God's monthly cycles called Rosh Kadesh. Now, it's interesting, Isaiah 66, 23 says, not only do we celebrate it now, but we will celebrate it for all eternity. It says, it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. So it's interesting that this is like a dress rehearsal because not only will we be celebrating it now, but when the, when, the, when the Messiah returns the second time and sets up his reign and rule on the earth, we will celebrate each and every month a Rosh Kadesh meal with the Messiah. Jesus is coming back. It's going to be a perfect world. It's going to rule and reign. We're going to rule and reign with him. Praise the Lord. Aren't you more excited about the Messiah than that? I understand. 2 Kings 4 and 23 says it's a time each and every month that we hear and discern what is God saying. What is God saying to us right now this month? What's he saying right now? This is the story of the prophet that uh, went to the lady who couldn't have a child and basically prayed and she had a child and the child died. And so she was going back to the prophet for help. And so it says when she started, she said to the servant, why are you going to him today? Why are you going to the prophet? It is neither the new moon or the Sabbath. She said it is well. Well, the rest of the story, she gets to the prophet and the prophet raises the son from the dead. But the point for me was she was accustomed to going to the prophet each month to hear what is God saying. See, this excites me because I know people that have vision drift. I, I just saw, I love it when God does these things. And I don't know how it works, but there'll be just these natural, common, everyday things that start and they wind up supernatural. And so Bev, who seldom, I'm the one, normally the one wanting to generate the eating, and Bev says something along the lines of some barbecue, uh, beef. And uh, just trying to stay kosher. Anyway, so I go up to this place that I would random, seldomly go to. And while I'm in this place to get barbecue, I think I'm going to be a good steward. I'm not going to buy one soda because it would be expensive when Dollar General is right next door. I'll buy a large soda for the same price. So now I go from practical to stewardship, right? And so now I'm moving along. I go in and I see a lady that I hadn't seen in a long, long time, part of our church working there. And as soon as she saw me, she lit up and I grabbed her and hugged her and she cried and I cried. She said, what are you doing here? I said, I thought to get a ginger ale, but you know, and she goes, I can't believe you're here. She said, I've just over time, 
just drifted. I love God. I love you. I love the church. She said, and just today, I'm sitting here. And she said, you know, I make good money working here at Dollar General. And she said, I just paused and thought, God, you've blessed me, and I haven't given you anything lately. And she said, here you are walking in here to say, wow, God has heard my prayer and we prayed together and had a great time together and getting her reconnected to the church. What's my point in all that? See, I think unfortunately we wait on these supernatural occurrences when God intentionally wants us to gather together every month so we can keep up with each other and make sure that we're staying on track together. It's a huge blessing in this deal so that we can hear not randomly, not waiting for next year's revival, but every month we can connect with each other, check on one another, care for one another, and say what is God saying to us right now this month so we can move on into the future David celebrated it 1 Samuel 25 Solomon celebrated it 2 Chronicles 2 4 Nehemiah and Nehemiah 10 32 celebrated Rosh Kadesh Colossians 2 16 and 17 in the New Testament says therefore therefore let no one judge you in regard to the food and drink or in regard to the observance of a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day such things are only a shadow of what is to come and they have only symbolic value but the substance the reality of what is foreshadowed belongs to Christ. Now, a lot of people have taken that in the New Testament and said, well, because Jesus has already come, this was just a shadow. These feasts and these special days were just a shadow of things to come. They're just symbolic. But since Jesus has come, we shouldn't celebrate them anymore. But you see, that's not true. Let me ask you this. Why do you take communion? Jesus has already come. Why do we still take communion? Because Jesus said, when you do this, you're doing this in remembrance of the substance that's already transpired. I'm not saying Rosh Kadesh brings you salvation. It just reminds you that Jesus has already saved us and we can tap into that and move forward in that anointing and be revived in our faith. And the moon cycles, you see, and it's the renewal that comes to us each and every month if we will just pause and celebrate it. I believe the Lord has shown me the power in this celebration that we could do together in groups once a month around Rosh Kadesh that not only will bring household salvation and not only is it biblical and not only will it do, it do its job as far as keeping us connected as the body of Christ, but it will actually make light available. As we align our homes and families with heavens, times, and seasons, we're literally opening a portal of light for our communities. Genesis 1.14 says, God spoke, lights come out, shine in heaven's sky, separate day from night, mark seasons and days and years, lights in heaven's sky to give light to the earth, and there it was. Now, what's powerful is the word for this seasons there in verse 14 is moedim, a Hebraic word. A moed most often refers to a feast day or a festival calendar of the Lord. The moedims are appointed times of gathering together with assembly and worship. These divine appointments with the Creator either remind us of an event or point us toward a future fulfillment. Thus, the signs and seasons and days and years are all linked to God's clock or calendar. Now, I think most of us have understood that God gave us the sun and the moon because we need natural light. Right? The sun to shine in the day and the moon to shine at night because our earth needs that light. And we may have understood that. But we need to understand and don't forget that we really need, importantly, spiritual light. 
And the same star and sun and moon that was designed to give us natural light is in the heavens to give us spiritual light or illumination. Here's what David said in Psalm 19, King David, verse 1 and 3. Look what it says. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Wow. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. What am I saying? The heavens are speaking. The heavens are speaking revelatory things to us if we can just understand. Jesus said in Matthew 16, he said, you know how to look at the sky and tell me it's going to rain or not rain, but you don't understand how to discern spiritual seasons. My people perish for lack of knowledge. God wants us to know what his will is, not years down the road, each and every month. God wants us to have revelation knowledge from heaven so we can understand what he's wanting to do right now here this month. It's the way the new church did it in the early Bible and the, or the, the ch- new early church in the New Testament. <laughs> Acts 2, 46 and 47 says, they followed a discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home. Every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful, and they praised God. People in general like what they saw. Every day their number grew as God added those who were being saved. Like what they saw. See, we've thought turning the light on is passing out tracts and screaming at people about their sin and trying to get them to church. But that's really not turning the light on. Turning the light on is not to get people to worship the light. It's so they can see. That's why Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. I call him Nick at night. And he came to Jesus at night. Interesting enough, and at night, Jesus used the heavens, I assume, or he wouldn't have told you he came at night. But he came at night, and he used the heavens and said something like this, Nicodemus, unless you are born from above, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So what I'm afraid of, we've got a lot of people who are saved going to heaven, but we're walking around blind because we're not illuminated to the fact of what God is doing right here, right now. And we're living outside the realm of all his blessings and his goodness because we're not living in revelation knowledge. Church two or three, four people say, we're about to get some revelation. Tell them, we're about to get some revelation. So what does this look like? So this week, we, we give you this, this printout each month, and you basically open your home up, and you set it at the right point in time, and you can find out it's listed already for the next 50, 100,000 years. They can tell you exactly when this monthly time is. Tomorrow night, actually, is Rosh Kadesh and Halloween. Talking about light and dark. And just like God uses the lights to light the earth he uses this light to give us light our appointments with the lord give spiritual light much in the same way that the sun moon and stars give natural light they separate the light from the darkness and if mankind ignores these appointments he will have less light and less revelation and so the bible says that god will restore all things to us And this is simply God restoring to us something that was lost from the church so we can move into the fullness of all that God has for us. So we give you this printout each month, and it's pretty easy to read, and it's pretty easy to celebrate. You gather family, you gather friends, 
you light a candle. What's that? It's a prophetic act of light. Now, interesting enough, Rosh Kadesh actually doesn't start with a thumbnail moon. It starts with no moon. The thumbnail comes the next day, but Rosh Kadesh actually starts in darkness. God's saying, out of darkness, I will bring light. And so just like the moon begins to shine brand new each month, we should be getting a brand new revelation every month of who God is and what he, my God, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We should be getting a revelation every month, a new revelation of who God is and what God can do and what he wants to do and what he wants to say in our lives. It, man, if, you, if we were celebrating this, you wouldn't be sitting there looking at me like you've been drinking pickle juice because you'd have a new revelation yourself. Touch your neighbor and say, get rid of that old anointing and get you a revelation. Tell them. That's why people come to church and they're not happy. They ain't got no new revelation of you. You're living off a revelation you got 20 years ago in some revival where Jesus is wanting to give you a brand new revelation every month. true though, isn't it? We should, we go from glory to glory, strength to strength, grace to grace. But that's why people get stale in their faith and stale in their walk with Jesus because they're not getting a fresh revelation. Every month it says there's a fruit available, a revelation, a new revelation of who God is, what God can do. And it ignites our faith to move forward with him and follow him fully. And so you, you, you light a candle, you, you say a prayer. Something like this, blessed are you, Lord our God, king of the universe, who has sanctified us by the washing of the water of your word and instructed us to light the Sabbath cam uh, candles. Amen. And you light the candle. Illumination. Have communion. Share a meal. After the meal, you kind of get this outline and just start talking about what this month looks like. It's a month characterized by the Hebrew letter Nun, which symbolizes the Messiah. So you start talking about the Messiah. It's the month of Manasseh, the tribe. Very significant. Where Ephraim's name means to be fruitful, Manasseh means to forget. This is a month that you get to forget some of the things that pained you so bad in the past and move to a fruitful season. And, and, and you just start the, the constellation Scorpio. Come on, somebody. Amen. This is Genesis 3.15. It says you will bruise Jesus' heel, but he will crush your head. This is, that, this is that month where the God of all peace will shortly crush Satan under your feet. This, this is that month where you're sitting around your table and you get a magic marker and you write a message for the devil on the bottom of your shoe and you step on his head and say, no more in this house are you going to have any dominion or authority over me or my family. And the next thing you know, you're going about halfway through, the Holy Ghost shows up and you're in a full-blown revival at your house. And then you calm down. And then you say a blessing. And bless everybody and make a decree. Make a decree for your community and your region. 
Because here's where I'm fired up about. This is not just to get you and your family blessed in a line with heaven. This is to make heaven available for your whole community. Word alive, we're not here to build a local church and get everybody to come to our church. We're here to bring the presence of the Messiah to a whole region and state. We don't want just this church to be blessed. We want every church to be blessed. We want the schools to be blessed. We want the government to be blessed. We, 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 we want the hospitals to be blessed. We want the clinics to be We want the rehabs to be blessed. We want the blessing of the Lord to, lead, to literally rest on our region. So when we're celebrating this Rosh Kodesh, we're literally bringing heaven to earth, aligning. We're calling it a thousand houses of light. My wife had a vision early on of a thousand houses of light that as light begin to come up out of the house, light begin to come from heaven and they, they met in heaven and earth. Look something like this. That the house is just lit up with the glory of God. Now I don't know about you, but I love this. Leave that up. See the Rosh Kadesh moon up there? Now... I get, you know, I like to go all out, so I'll probably, I'm, I'm, I'm going to probably blow a shofar too while I'm at Rosh Kodesh. I'm, I'm, or, or either play one on my phone or, you know, I'm going to make some kind of noise. But see, if, you, if we could get your eyes open. What if your community, that was your house and the devils came walking by looking at what they can do in your community? And all of a sudden, they're like, mm-mm, I ain't going around that house right there. Oh, no, no, no. Not there. We might try it down the road, but we ain't going to try it right there. there. The light is too bright right there in that house. You tracking with me? And we start inviting the light, the presence of God the purpose of God for all churches. Listen, we're not in competition as churches. We're on the same team. You may be Catholic, Presbyterian, Pentecostal. We got one Messiah. His name is Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And if every church in our community was full, it would only be 10% of the society. We want more churches. We want more kingdom works. We're saying, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done and bless this place and this region in Jesus' name. When we invoke the light, we're saying, God, put godly, righteous people in government positions. Give us a godly mayor. Give us godly councilmen. Give us godly school teachers. Turn the light on. If they don't know you, open their eyes so they can see. And here's what happens. Somebody's just out jogging one morning. They don't even know Jesus. And they come by your house. And all of a sudden, they're like. It's like Paul riding his horse down the road of Damascus. And all of a sudden, a light shone round about him and knocked him off his horse. And he could see the Messiah. There's going to be people just come running by your house and say, my God, what must I do to be saved, Lord? I wish I had the first service got none of this. I wish I, I wish I had this video to show you. It's the new modern evangelism. 
There's a video. The old way is passing out tracts and screaming at people and nobody's getting saved. But they got a video out that says the new modern evangelism. And it's a boat on the Amazon River. And all they do is ride down the river and turn a light on. And the fish just start jumping in the boat. Foo, 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 foo. Hitting them, and it's wild. Foom, foom, bam, hits them in the head, bam, head. And fish are, are so attracted in this place in the Amazon to the light that they're literally jumping out of the water into the boat because they're so attracted to the light. Man, is this not what the early church happened? It says, in the, it says, I just read to you earlier, it says, they had all things in common. They had shared meals and people liked what they saw and the Lord added daily to the church those that are being saved. Who doesn't want a God who loves them unconditionally? Who don't want a God that's good? Who don't want a God that would send his only son to demonstrate his love and die for us? I'm saying the state of Alabama and this nation shall be saved in Jesus' name. Woo, blow that show far for me, Admiral. Yes. Sit down a minute. I got two minutes. Why the moon? This, this struck me. Let's consider, consider a fascinating fact about the moon. I told the early church, early service, I'm uneducated, unlearned. They talk about me in the Bible. It says these were ignorant, unlearned men, but they had been with Jesus. So I don't know all about the moon. I'm just learning about it because I didn't study in school. It was a detriment, but this is interesting to me. You may already know it. The moon always shows the same side or face. From our perspective, the moon and sun look as if they are the same size. This is because the sun is about 400 times bigger than the moon. But it's also approximately 400 times further away making these two very different celestial bodies appear very similar in size. Moreover, the moon has no light of its own. Its surface reflects the light from the sun back to the earth. Now this makes for some interesting metaphors. Like the moon, humans have more than one face, yet we are designed to mirror only one image to the earth. The creator's servants in his reflection to a dark and dying world. Though we are much smaller in glory and majesty, we are often the only image of God that people will see. In this way, we appear to be the same size as the sun, for we are his hands and feet that bring good tidings and comfort to a lost and hurting and dying world. Now, so God's given us a vision of a thousand houses of light that simply make a decision once a month around a Hebraic tradition that's thousands of years old that, that literally millions of people in unity, when you, when you lock into this celebrating, you're locking into millions of people around the world who are doing this on the same night. If you can just understand the power of that, and I, I'm going to give you just a small visual just for us. Small, look here. Wow. 
Can you imagine the state of Alabama in the spirit realm? Because there's prophecies that Alabama's carved out for God's purposes. We were one of the first, nation, first states to stand with, nation, stand with Israel to become a nation. And there's, and there's been prophecies that we are marked out by God to be a first fruits among the United States as, the, as a state that God's blessings overtakes. Could it be God's not, we're not waiting on him, but he's waiting on us. And as we align with him in this season and we establish a thousand houses of light in our region, that this light begins to be broadcast and begin to not just so people can see, but begin to attract the spiritual blessings and everything God wants to bring to us. I believe it's so. That's another map that I think we stole from a political place because the other things are marked. I don't know why those are highlighted, but we do love Texas and California. And who's that up in the corner there? Who? Montana's great as well. We must have stole that from one of the newscasts or something. Let's back away to the other one. Or maybe those, there you go. Maybe that's some, something we should pray for those states. This scripture floored me. Matthew 5 says, let me tell you why you're here. Matthew 5, 13 through 15. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. Man, when I saw that in the message translation, I just loved it. We as salt cause the flavors of God that are already here to come alive. And now people get around us and they taste and they see that God is good. But if you lose your saltiness, how will the people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. As light bearers, open up your house, he said. Be generous with your lives. I believe one of the problems with our culture and even the United States is we've lost community. We've lost the whole concept of caring for one another. We've got remotes that open the door so we can drive in, then we don't have to talk to our neighbor, and we shut the door behind us. We've got technology that we don't have to write a card, we don't have to send a letter, and we don't even have to talk to them anymore. And we lock our way, and we think we can follow, we think we can be a follower of Jesus on social media. Now, I'm, on, I'm not against social media, but you can't follow Jesus on social media. I'll just go ahead and tell you. Why? Because if you're really following Jesus, you don't go to church. You are the church. And if you are the church, you've got to be connected with other people that are part of the church so you can fulfill the purposes and plans of God in the earth. People say, well, I'll just stay home and watch online. Well, you can do that, and you might get blessed, but you're not going to follow Jesus. It's because the whole concept of following Jesus is community. How can I serve a God I can't see if I'm not serving you? I do see. 
It's impossible. And I just really believe this is God's call and God's mandate on our lives that you and I take the responsibility to bring light from heaven to the earth and open our homes, become generous with our lives. And so our altar call today is, of course, there's ministry available for prophecy and, and uh, uh, dream interpretation. And if you need to be saved even or prayer for deliverance, all that ministry is in the connection. But I want to give a massive altar call today. So your seat's your altar. Now I just want you to reach up in front of you and take that uh, connection card in front of you out, if you will. Just hold it for me. There's, if, in, if, if they're on the front row, reach up and hand them one. And after you get it in your hand, I want you to stand up with me. And just before we leave today, I'm inviting you to answer the call of God to say yes. Yes, I will be a house of light for the kingdom of God. Now, I know on that card there's not a space that says house of light, so maybe just draw a star on it or a check. Give it a check mark. We'll know what that means. And just put your name and info on there, and you can put it in the offering box along with your tithes and first fruits on the way out, and we'll get it, and I'll communicate with you. But you can go ahead and start this week with this outline and having a meal sometime this week and celebrating Rosh Kadesh. I thought about this yesterday. We're blessed. Ninety-nine percent of us have a good place to live. We even drive climate-controlled cars. <laughs> we don't worry about. Are we going to? eat we try to decide what we're going to eat even the poorest among us here in the u.s aren't, honestly aren't starving like i know people who are starving there may be food insecure but they're not starving to death like people around the world my point is we're blessed how can we be blessed and sit in our homes and not open them up in a generous way to other people in the body of Christ, friends and family, neighbors, to celebrate simply God's good. And he's blessed us. How hard an invitation is that? To knock on your neighbor's door and say, would you come eat a nice meal with me? Why? I'm celebrating the goodness of God. I just want to celebrate with you and tell you, you know, God instructs me in his word to love him and love my neighbor. And I want to demonstrate love to you and feed you a meal and just tell you, I'm so thankful that God loves you, loves me, loves our neighborhood, loves our nation. And eat a meal and pray together. <laughs> what are they going to do? Turn you down? Then you roll their house. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> just teasing. <laughs> but... Get new neighbors. We've been blessed. And God wants us to be a blessing. And I really believe, because God has promised us great 
prophecies about moves of God, moves of the Spirit, revivals, and everything else. And I'm just not so sure that this is not a next step of a wave of God's Spirit for us. It could it be that God just had it planned. We thought that people would just invade this physical location, and that still may be the case. But what if God wants to take it out of here and let that light be all over this region and see his goodness and his power made available for our communities and invoke the blessings of God in our sphere of influences? I believe it's the will of God. And so, Father, I just ask you today to... Well, I shouldn't ask, I just want to say, first of all, thank you. Thank you for all your goodness. You stagger us with how good you are. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you for the Messiah. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for eternal peace and eternal life and all the blessings of the kingdom of God that you've bestowed upon us. Now, Lord, give us the, the courage and the will and the desire to open our lives up to others. God, we believe you're speaking to us about this very significant step of obedience to align our homes with the Messiah and invite Jesus to our home. And so, God, today is a step of faith. We hold these cards in our hand and Lord, we're just as an act of faith, we're going to fill them out and say, yes, count me in. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a house of light. And Lord, we just trust that as we take these steps of faith, even as simple as they may be, that you're going to bless it. And you're going to do something supernatural for us. And not only is salvation going to come to our whole house, but we're going to make light available to our communities with these thousand houses of light. So, Father, we ask you for it, and we thank you for it, and we praise you for it in advance. Thank you for this intentional blessing you're releasing over our lives today. We honor you for it and thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. listening to our sermon of the week. For more content, check out wordalive.tv. Have a great week.